into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Monday. Back from L.A., and if you're a Titans fan, you're probably L.A.'s most hated, like Carlos Reynoso says. Regardless, we're proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Since 1983, Two Rivers Ford has been providing you exceptional customer service and award-winning American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs is what they provide to you. Of course, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans and DraftKings Sportsbook. Using the promo code A to Z Sports is how you get in on all the action on the NFL, college football, the NBA, the NHL, and everything in between, just plug in that promo code A2Z Sports. So, Titans are on top of the conference. Titans are the best team in the AFC, not just in the AFC South, in the AFC at large. Seven and two. Uh, it's LA Rams, Thanksgiving ham, don't give a damn. Titans seven and two. That's basically been the motto for this team over the course of the last 24 hours. And what a crazy 24 hours it has been, certainly. Um, the trip out there was uh, pretty pretty impressive to go to SoFi Stadium. I, I wish that it had been an earlier game so we could have done primetime from SoFi and you could have seen exactly how impressive a facility that was because it is. I've uh, never seen anything like that in my life, but I've never seen a Titans team that's come in and dominated the way that this one has. And that's basically the biggest takeaway from the weekend in football. Um, brother Buck says, Roy DeMeo, we had fried Ram last night at club A to Z. <laughs> well, uh, it was, uh, it was something, man. I was shocked. I thought that they could win. I thought it was entirely possible that they could win, but I never imagined that it would look the way that it did last night. And I was really surprised that the offense kind of, you know, was as it wasn't, I can't call it a non-factor because it did matter. And there were clutch catches by AJ Brown and Julio Jones. There were touchdown runs or run specifically by Adrian Peterson, who you'll hear from, but for, uh, to see the way that that game kind of evolved, I was shocked that it went the way that it did. We were all sitting in the press box up at SoFi, just looking down and be like, okay, how do you tell the resiliency story? for the seventh straight time, basically. But that's what this team is. And so the more that you look at this, the more that you kind of have to understand, okay, uh, what's happening with the Titans right now? It's no longer underdog mentality. It's no longer nobody believes in us. It's no longer um, it's no longer a situation where you can look at this and say, nobody believes in us, nobody watches us. No, you're the best team. In the conference, everybody's watching you. Nobody, you're not being slept on by anybody at this point. Everybody knows what the Tennessee Titans are at this juncture. And you're not sneaking up on anybody is the larger point. So now you are no longer the hunter. You are the hunted. You are the uh, the top of the pile at this point. And we'll see how long they can keep their grip on this. But let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take. What most impressed you about the Titans' win in Los Angeles? Let's get into the conversation on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. What most impressed you about the Titans' win in L.A.? We will discuss at length together on the primetime show. You'll hear from, as I said, Big Jeff, from A.J. Brown, and from Adrian Peterson, all who played roles in that game last night. Your two rivers for take. What most impressed you about the Titans win in Los Angeles? While you guys do that, I'll tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford who present the Two Rivers Ford take each and every night. Two Rivers Ford is the best in the business for a great many reasons. Two Rivers Ford understands that it's more difficult to come by things that you want right now. If you've gone through 2020 or 2021 without any kind of interruptions, from supply chain issues, then you're doing better than me. I promise you, I've been affected by it just as many as you have. But my friends at Two Rivers Ford, they have great news. New inventory is coming out every single day. So if you're in the market for a new Ford, 
make sure to check out tworiversford.com daily and see what's arrived on the lot. The salespeople at Two Rivers, they don't work on commission, so you never have to worry about them pressuring you. They are just there to help make things easier for you as the customer. If you know exactly what vehicle you want and you want to order it, Two Rivers Ford can do that too. They have the Built For You program where you can order any model, any color with any available feature. You can order your Ford today and get it delivered right to your door when it gets manufactured. So for all things Ford, reach out to the most trusted Ford dealer in Tennessee. It's my friends at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what most impressed you about the Titans win last night because it was an impressive win. And frankly, the game was not as close as the final score indicated to be right. You held an offense um, that normally scores 30.6 points per game. You held them to 16 and the only touchdown came with under three minutes to play in garbage time. It was completely irrelevant. Um, what Matt Stafford was at when Matt Stafford was able, finally able to put six on the board. Um, but this was something that the defense really, really led the charge on. And obviously that's where a lot of you guys are going for Cedric on Facebook live. He says it's the coaching, uh, Kendrick Sneed, of course, goes defense as a whole, both Julio and, uh, AJ Brown weren't, uh, doing much. I assume is what Freddie Prince is trying to say. I, you know, listen, AJ had drops last night. That's been kind of a a lingering situation with him, but he did come up with clutch catches. And in the second half, when they went to Julio, they didn't, they Ryan Tannehill and I'll pull up my, uh, my handy dandy stat sheet just to double check. Now, AJ was targeted 11 times. He only caught five passes, but every time that Ryan Tannehill was perfect, he was a perfect four for four. Every time that he targeted Julio Jones, uh, four for four, 35 yards, 11, Targets five receptions for 42 yards for A.J. Brown. And, of course, Jeff Swaim had the one touchdown pass that Ryan Tannehill threw. But the more that you look at it, this was this was a situation where the offense, you know, it's adjusting to life without Derrick Henry. And we'll spend some time on, you know, what they kind of need to clean up moving forward. They're aware of this, too. It's not piling on. You're just kind of looking at this thing from a thousand-foot view. Uh, Theron Xavier says, to be honest, uh, even with our defense playing lights out, the offense still did their job to not allow them to get it back in the game. It's true. They capitalized on turnovers that the defense created, whether it was the David Long interception. Of course, Kevin Byard scored a touchdown. Um, the, uh, the situation for the Titans, though, when the offense sputtered to start and when Tannehill threw that interception and when you're kind of playing behind the sticks, the defense picked up the slack in the big way. And it wasn't just in a big way. It was in a big Jeff way. Nico coming up here next. I mean, I know, I know you're talking about the whole team kind of doing it, but the, the two of the way, the way you guys disrupted the game early, how much fun was that for the two of you? And, and what did you say to each other? Oh, he's a dog, man. That's my dog, man. Um, the Bulldogs, man. Like I said, I, playing against Nico, I'm playing with Nico, man. It just is always good, you know, just being there when he first came in, you know, just the knowledge that I could, I could get from him, you know, even when, like, you know, working on technique, hands, um, it's fundamental stuff like that. You know, being able to hear from a guy who played in this, in this game, and not just on the edge, but uh, in the inside. You know, it's all like I said, it's great to have him. You know, on our team. You know, couldn't be more excited. You know, I'm happy for happy that the coach let him come to us. Um, you know, like I said, I couldn't be more proud to play against another guy like Nico. Uh, congrats to him again. Uh, you know, also he also got player of the game. Uh, so, I mean, let's just I hope we can keep it up. So that's Big Jeff, obviously, doing Big Jeff things. Three sacks, 10 pressures, career high in both. He was a nightmare for the Rams to deal with. And that combination of him and Danico Autry, I mean, I think you could make the argument right now that the Titans with Bud, with Harold, with uh, Jeff, and with Danico, they have, it seems, the best front four in all of football, which is crazy to think about how much different that makes this team from 2020 to now 2021, where their defense is regularly affecting the quarterback, causing chaos, causing turnovers, getting sacks, getting stops, getting off the field on third down. It's night and day difference, and it's a great experience, especially when your offense has an off day. And I don't know that you can call it a straight-up off day because, of course, they're going to have to find ways to win 
without Derek. And yesterday was kind of the first example of that. I'm sure it'll look cleaner as they get further and further away from him being available. But for Derek, uh, for, for the Titans' defense last night to hold the Rams down, a high-scoring offense, to uh, not allow big plays, to consistently get pressure. I mean, they had five sacks at the quarterback last night. Uh, they've already eclipsed their 2020 total of total sacks on the year. T.R. Tart uh, factors into that as well. Ethan Ramsey, I think Laurel Murchison is a is a contributor to that. I think that Ola Adeni is, con- uh, is a contributor to that. And now for, what, three straight weeks? The Titans have uh, the Titans have really, really done well at affecting the quarterback and helping their offense stay in games in moments where they don't necessarily have what they need to start the show. So Big Jeff obviously was the most impressive thing to me, but I'll tell you what else impresses me more specifically about Big Jeff here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is the best in the business. The official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Primetime. I was very grateful <laughs> to get back to my dream address without the stress. It has been uh, it has been a hell of a ride back from L.A. I'm very happy to be back home to be back in my dream address without the stress after a long trip to the West Coast. It was exhausting, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. And I'm grateful to be able to come back and have a place to rest my weary head, courtesy of the Ashton uh, Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, um, please no uh, letdown against the Saints, says Sunken Grave. Well, that's the thing. I... Their, their schedule looks on paper easier because the Saints are what five and three at this point but I think that I think that they could here's here's what I'll say like I don't I don't do game picks right we we've talked about that consistently um it's a waste of time there's no purpose there's no purpose in doing game predictions uh record predictions things of that nature because none of us have any idea how these things are gonna play out right how many of you would have picked? Uh, Jacksonville over Buffalo on Sunday, right? How many of you would have said that the Raiders would have lost to the New York Giants or that um, the Ravens had the opportunity to lose in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, frankly, in an honest moment, how many of you would have picked the Rams or picked the Titans over the Rams? I bet not as many as would say that they did today after the result is in hand. But uh, a letdown, I don't think it would be a letdown against the Saints. I think that the Saints are still a good football team. And the the Titans, while they look great right now, there are still some things that they have to get fixed. And we'll talk about that later. But right now we're focused on what impresses you the most, uh, what impressed you the most about the Tennessee Titans in that win last night. So Jeff is obviously the answer for me. Uh, Jeff and Danico Autry, I think that they're the best interior defensive line tandem in all of the NFL. I think that they are exceptional. Um, I think that they are, uh, I think that they're incredibly special. I think that they are going to single-handedly in some moments win you games. As Keith Reed says, Buck, if we had the same defense last year, we would have had a Super Bowl with a high-powered offense that we had. Yeah, but you don't, Keith. This is this is the this is life in the NFL, right? There's a million teams that could have said that, right? If you just had a defense to go with your really good offense, or if you just had an offense that's could score 27 points a game as opposed to 25 with a good defense. Like to do the analysis that way is useless, Keith, right? So don't worry about last year. Last year's over. You're worried about this year, and this year that you're the best team in the conference. And your offense is good enough, and your defense is much, much better. In fact, they are substantially approved. Uh, EA de, uh, EA says, got to give credit to Jim Schwartz. And Jim Schwartz was, was back last night. He missed the Colts game due to COVID protocol. And here's the thing about Jim Schwartz, though, right? Because the players are different for the most part with Dupree and with Autry. I think that makes a big difference. I think that Jim Schwartz is probably helpful when it comes to feedback. I, I don't know how much or how little he's involved in those conversations. And I really, so my, I I say all that to say is, I don't know how much credit to give him. All I know is that collectively they look much better. 
and I don't want to do the thing that that a lot of people did last year, right? Where you look at Shane Bowen and, and say, Shane Bowen, all right, Shane, the defense sucks. It's Shane Bowen's fault. He's the face. He's the person who you associate with defense. This is the guy that I'm pointing the blame at. And then when things get good, completely ignore the fact that Shane Bowen's the, still the defensive coordinator and just look at Jim Schwartz and say, yeah, give Jim Schwartz his flowers. Um, it's probably somewhere in between on both sides from last year to this season, right? I, I just, I wouldn't get too caught up in one person being responsible. I think that John Robinson has a role to play in the improvement of this defense. I think that Mike Vrabel has a role to play in the improvement of this defense. I think the players are the most important part of this conversation because without the players executing, you, I mean, everybody looks worse, right? That was the th the thing that was missing the most a season ago. You see how much better Kevin Byard looks when he's got a legitimate pass rush in front of him and competent secondary help. For for the Titans' defense, this is the sum of the parts. It's not just one thing that's made the difference that way. So be, credit, be careful how much credit you give to one individual, whether it's Schwartz, Bowen, Jeff, anybody, because it's not ever going to be that singularly focused. You know what I'm saying? Um, that bull rush, though, says Alex Moxon, man. Uh, what Jeff what Jeff did to poor number 73, I think his name is David Edwards um, from Wisconsin. It's same same draft class as Jeff Simmons, by the way, except Edwards was a fifth-round pick. What he did to poor number 73 for the Los Angeles Rams um, should have been illegal because that man had a family. He had many people watching him on Sunday Night Football, and a 6'6", 303-pound lineman got absolutely tossed around by Jeff Simmons uh, for the better part of four quarters. And that was the case for their entire offensive line. Titans just flat out beat them. Just flat out beat them. Went into Los Angeles, went into the home of the LA Rams, into the palace built to football that SoFi Stadium is. And man, they just kicked their ass. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy to watch. Um, we can definitely rush four now, says uh, Orlando Jones. Uh, Matthew Stanley says you can't blame Shane when the defense is bad and credit Schwartz when the defense is good, right? It's just, it's not that, it's not that one-to-one. -one. You can't look at it that narrow-mindedly. That's the only thing that I'm trying to say to you. And you'll, you'll make your, uh, you'll make your life a lot easier in that way. Um, the bull rush was insane. says sunken grave. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, Brown, uh, being back. Gave Long a chance to blitz a lot. Well, that no, that's not. In fact, that's not really true at all, Rodney. Now there are times that they sent David on uh, to to bring pressure, but that's not that wasn't a blitz, right? A blitz constitutes five or more rushers, and the Titans really didn't do that that often. Now there, there were times where David Long would be the fourth rusher, whether he's the third or the the third out of four or the second out of four, whatever. Um, but they. Uh, have the ability to generate pressure with four they're not sending dudes on on blitzes that often in fact they really haven't done it at all the last three weeks against the bills or uh rather against the chiefs against the colts and last night against the rams they're just getting pressure with four so don't get caught up when you see david long rushing and say oh he's coming on a blitz no that's not necessarily the case count how many people are rushing the quarterback see who is not rushing the quarterback because on that play, Harold Landry might have dropped into coverage. I know, I know some of the plays that you're talking about because I did see Long rushing the quarterback, but it's and it's not just because Jayon's there, right? I thought Jayon played a solid game. I didn't think he was overwhelmingly great, but I do think that you benefit by having him back in the rotation, and that is an important thing to see. Um, it was the uh, Jeff pulled an Aaron Donald on the Rams. He really did, man. I think. I thought, I mean, Aaron Donald had moments last night, too, where you're just like, holy hell, how do you stop somebody like that? And Roger Saffold and Ben Jones, I mean, they, Tannehill was under pressure, right? But I thought for the most part, they really, really did well. They did not call a lot of blitzes, though. And that's such a win if you can get that kind of pressure and not need additional dudes on the rush because it allows you to be opportunistic when defenses or when offenses present, present you with, for example, turnover opportunities. If you've got Jeff swinging Matt Stafford down like a rodeo clown, and he's launching a ball Carson Wentz style out of the end zone, and David Long, instead of blitzing, is there to have it hit him in the chest and almost return it for six for the second week in a row, except last week it was, uh, or on uh, Halloween, it was Elijah Molden who made the interception. But uh, 
the 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 way that the the way that the I mean the Titans just kicked their ass. It was impressive. Um, all right, so that's what most impressed you and most impressed me from SoFi Stadium last night. Now let's talk about uh, for you guys what you need to see, uh, what you need to see substantial or what most surprised you. So we've talked about most what most impressed you. Let's talk about what most surprised you um, against the Los Angeles Rams last night. Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll discuss at length together right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is DraftKings Sportsbook. And using the promo code A2ZSports, you can get in on all the action. Uh, for football fans who are ready to score some bets, now you can bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2ZSports. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code A2ZSports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So... Now that we've talked about what most impressed you, let's discuss what most surprised you because those two things are different. Um, for MB, he or actually I don't know uh, whether MB's a he or she, but MB says how bad our offensive line has been looking. Now, here's the thing with um, with the offensive line, right? Because so Nate Davis obviously was ruled out on Friday. He's still in the concussion protocol. There was no updates on that um, today when we met with Mike Vrabel at three o'clock Central Time. Taylor Lewan also, who was a uh, who was not, we won't call him a healthy scratch. He was unavailable, but he did dress out. And when I asked around about things, when I asked around about things. I was told that Taylor and the injury report bore this out, right? I, I don't think that anybody like in the media core was that surprised, but I, I believe somebody had reported that Taylor Lewan would be available for that game, and then he ultimately he ended up being not available. Correct? So Taylor Lewan was, from my understanding, he's struggling with, uh, or at least last week he was struggling with trying to get his knee right, and he had a little bit of a setback. Um, and he was, as Mike Vrabel just told us, unavailable. He was there. He was dressed out in an emergency capacity, which. If you'll recall, going back to week three against the Indianapolis Colts, it's a similar situation with Bud Dupree, right? Where he's dressed out, he's active on game day, but then he doesn't play a single snap. And he's there, as Mike Vrabel says, in an emergency role. So um, for Taylor, you know, Bobby Hart was not good. Bobby Hart, who was the backup left tackle last night, he was not good. Um, and Aaron Donald is really good. Leonard Floyd is really good. The Rams' defense is good, especially when it comes to rushing the passer. And it wasn't just Bobby Hart who didn't play his best game. I thought Roger Saffold, uh, again, you know, it's a tough it's a tough defense that they're playing, but I think Roger got got a couple times by his own admission. I think that uh, David Questenberry did not play uh, as clean a game as he would have liked. I think he gave up four pressures um, and two sacks. Ryan Tannehill was sacked four times. Uh, last night, if I recall. So to say that you're surprised about the offensive line, I wasn't surprised given that they had two of their five starters missing, um, but that they were able to survive that. And listen, it affects the ru the rushing attack too, right? You When you don't have Nate Davis and you don't have Taylor Lewan, it legitimately affects your ability to move the ball and reset the line of scrimmage. Uh, Alex Moxon on Facebook Live says, Lewan, I know he's your boy, but man, him laughing and joking on the sideline and not playing again surprises him. Well, I mean, what do you want him to do? I, it shouldn't come as a surprise, right? He was listed as questionable on the injury report. So when he's listed as questionable and doesn't practice Friday, yeah, it's now the same for AJ. AJ ended up playing. But what Taylor is dealing with and what AJ is coming back from are two totally different things. So 
um, you know, you need him. And the Saints are, I think the Saints are a better defense than the Rams are. I really do. And so at five and three, even without their starting quarterback, I think the Saints have the opportunity to mess some stuff up for you, which you don't want to experience, especially coming back home. And I know that Titans fans are going to be excited to watch their team. But the Saints are a really, really good defense and with a really good front seven. And you cannot, in good conscience, put Bobby Hart back out there if Taylor's available. But just the situation for Taylor last night, just like for Bud Dupree in week three, unavailable. So there's nothing you can do about that. Um, but it, it was kind of surprising to see him go through pregame warmups, dress out, and then not play. But it was just as surprising in week three when they did the exact same thing. With Bud Dupree, uh, Titans are winning out, says Mark Jones. I would be, I would be shocked. I mean, it would be that would be impressive, um, but I think that New England is a uh, is a competent opponent. I think that um, I think that the New Orleans Saints are a competent opponent. I think that you know, right now Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is playing good football, but their defense is so damn good when they're healthy. They're getting after Justin Fields right now on. Monday Night Football, I think that the Steelers uh, in December have the opportunity to cause you some problems. Now, I don't, I don't. again, we don't do win-loss predictions on this show. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy, and it's largely uh, quite stupid. Um, it is something, uh, it is something that, um, that for the Titans, you know, he, uh, for the Titans, they do have the opportunity to make the playoffs with great ease at this point. They've got a 99% chance to make the postseason. But, um, yeah, I think that to to assume that they're going to run the table just because they went 4-0 in this stretch, you know, it's unrealistic. We will see. Uh, we will see how things go. But we maybe shouldn't start Tannehill, right, Buck, says Joseph Otis. Oh, yeah. Well, I we did talk about that kind of. Now, when I when I said that, I said that under the um, under the assumption that his neck may not be right. That was very. I think that was Sunday night when we talked about that on primetime. And then he wasn't even on the injury report this week. And he, I mean, he was tough out there, man. Ryan Tannehill to his credit. So if he's not on the injury report and he's available to play, get him out there. Get him out there and play. Um, same for Lawan, except Lawan was on the injury report. So what are you going to do? Uh, I think 500 ball to finish, says Robbie Ells. I mean, uh, it is certainly something that would be ideal, uh, especially with the late buy. I think you can get right. You said it was unrealistic to beat the Rams, says Kath. It, it, it was completely unrealistic. Com- completely unrealistic, Seth. It is completely unrealistic that the Titans beat the Rams the way that they did last night. 1,000%. I'll stand on it now, even though they won. I was right last week when I said it. It was completely unrealistic to beat the Los Angeles Rams. And what happened? They beat the Los Angeles Rams. The, the NFL, uh, especially yesterday, if you're watching the Cowboys get absolutely manhandled by the Denver Broncos, that was unrealistic. It happened. If you're watching the Bills get just kicked around by the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was completely unrealistic. It happened. And by the way, worked to the benefit of the Titans. The Raiders losing to the Giants the way that they did. Completely unrealistic. And yes, it happened. The NFL is the, the reason why the NFL is so intriguing is because it's built for parity in this way. And for the uh for the purposes of the Tennessee Titans, yeah, last night was completely unrealistic. And they did it anyway. That's what uh you want to talk about things that surprise you. That certainly surprised me um for uh so from that standpoint you know i here's what i'll say that i was surprised by um to a degree i was surprised that adrian peterson got as many carries as he did now 10 carries is not overwhelming especially when you consider that Derek was regularly getting 28 29 and they were never going to do that with adrian peterson but adrian peterson last night in his first game back he, you know, he looked 36 years old. I didn't think that I was not impressed with the Titans offensive line in the running game. And I wasn't necessarily impressed with the backs, but I was, I was surprised to see Adrian Peterson get more carries than Deontay Foreman. Um, because I thought Deontay Foreman was running with greater efficiency when they put him in the game. Bill as a whole, Adrian, uh, and I know, I know in time you'll probably feel even more and more like yourself, but first night out this season, how do you think it went for you? Uh, I felt like it was okay. 
you know, um, I think we left a lot out there um, as a running back group. I know I did um, as well. But as we continue to, you know, get practice and get reps in, we will continue to build that chemistry with those guys up front. Maybe turn down a chance to be on dance with the stars for another chance to play football. I mean, can you talk about that decision and how happy are you that you are where you are right now and maybe not dancing? Yeah, you know, that came up maybe like a month and a half, two ago. And, um, you know, I was still in the mind frame of, hey, you know, what's a long season? Anything can happen. I can get a call at any time, you know, so I didn't want to you know, make that commitment and, um, you know, have to back out on it. So, just kind of rolled the dice and was like, hey, you know, I'm going to keep working out, keep my mind ready and focus on football. And when the opportunity presents itself, you know, I'll be ready to go. And here I am. So I I think that they'll probably get better. Um, they'll probably get more efficient. I thought that, I mean, Deontay Foreman statistically was the most efficient of the three running backs. Uh, you had uh, Deontay Foreman get five carries for 29 yards. You had McNichols get seven attempts for 24, and then e. Adrian Peterson 10 for 21 with the touchdown. So I was surprised to see him lead the team in carries. Um, I think they were just trying to figure out exactly what they had in him, and I think that it should probably look a little different the next time that they trot that collection of players out there. I think that, you know, I think uh, I think that he can provide you something. And I think that on his touchdown run, man, he hit that hole hard. He wanted that six. It was 125 touchdowns on the year for or on the on the year on the uh, on his career for Adrian Peterson, and he got number 125 as a Titan. But um, yeah, I think it, I, I think that they'll they'll it's it's the first game in life without Derek, and so we'll learn more about it as things progress, and we'll see how much better they can actually be. But that that surprised me last night Keith Reed says he's surprised by how well Chris Jackson was playing man Chris Chris played a great game he's he's had a couple and he looks he's looked so far better as an outside corner than he has in the slot he's played both at times this year um but I thought that Chris Jackson played a very very nice game I was truly impressed with him and as a former seventh round pick from a draft class that you know really has struggled to contribute outside of Christian Fulton um Laurel Murchison is playing some snaps, so let's let's give him his flowers. And you know, Nick Westbrook Aquina wasn't a drafted player, nor was Tier Tart, but those those guys both are obviously co uh, contributors. So you can't knock that class wholesale and and uh, and take away from the production that the others are bringing. But um, yeah, I was I was really impressed with Chris Jackson. What were you most impressed by uh, with the Titans last night, or what surprised you the most? from the Titans last night. Uh, called it back. Uh, what the F? Oh, this touchdown with the Bears. Yeah, I see Matt now. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I'm watching. Uh, I've got the the Monday Night Football game on in the studio um, at home right now. And I know that uh, it looks like they got a touchdown pulled off the board. Um, Roethlisberger's got the ball now at his own 20, and he just went deep down the field. My God, was that a terrible throw. And he still completed it for, you know, you're 40 yards. Jesus. Um, so for the Titans, uh, for the Titans, I think that it is something you look at and you see, uh, you see uh, they've got injuries and we'll see what happens with Christian Fulton this week. Um, cause Brandon Williams asked, when does he come off IR? Well, remember he has to first be designated to return before he can be activated back to the roster. He hasn't even been designated to return yet. So and I'm not saying that it couldn't happen this week. It's entirely possible. Um, but, right, it took Jayon Brown and Aaron Brewer both about a week after being designated to return before they were activated on the Saturday before the game. Um, so just be patient with the Christian Fulton situation. I know it's hard to because he's your best corner. But they're not going to put him out there before he's ready. And at this point, he's not even ready to practice with the team. So I would not anticipate him being activated uh, immediately. We'll continue to keep tabs on it though um we'd be winless says brian bass we'd have lost says alex moxon what happened uh with uh with just imagine if we had mariota says joshua johnson well um no why would i want to do that what mariota 
how we're like, how long has Marcus been off this roster? Was Marcus Marcus wasn't on the team in 20? No, 2019 was Marcus Mariota's last team. Why the hell are we still talking about Marcus Mariota? Imagine if you had Marcus Mariota, you would be um you would be a not good football team. You would not be able to complete passes to Julio Jones and to AJ Brown. You would not have anybody fear your running game um, because they would load the box and they knew uh, just as it ended in 2019. And again, I'm not piling on Marcus. This was just how it went at the end of the career. If you had Marcus Mariota as a starter, you'd lose. That's just the nature of what Marcus is at this point. That's weird. That kind of comment. Uh, to me, the fact that that's making appearance. It's been two years. Like, what are we? What are we even talking about here? And I and listen personally, I love Marcus as a as a human, um, as a football player. I very much am grateful that I don't have to watch him play anymore um, because it's fun to cover a winning football team. And the Titans were a winning football team with Marcus, but they weren't really. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're not best in the AFC. They were. Uh, Marcus was a top ten quarterback when in like 17. What are you talking about, Josh? Josh, I mean, you just all, all you're telling me right now is that you're not watching football. And so I'm not going to have an extended conversation about that. If And I and I, and I don't want this to sound like a, a personal attack, Joshua. I'm just like stating facts at this point. He is uh, he has been irrelevant for three seasons, um, at least three seasons. And I don't know why that continues to come up as a part of the conversation, but if you want to, I mean, if you want to, you know, imagine what the Titans could be like with Marcus Mariota, then you can go right back to nine and seven and 13, you know, 13 to 12 uh, overtime wins or what was it? 12 to nine overtime wins against the 2000, was it the 2017 winless Cleveland Browns team? The team that went 0 and 16? I think that's right. 2017. Anyway, um, you know, Godspeed, Josh Johnson, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> live your life that way. Oof. Uh, no, thank you. I'm very happy. I don't have to watch that anymore. And I, this, I, again, personally, me and Marcus are the same age. I wish Marcus all the success in the world. Um, and I hope that he's physically able to get right and get himself another chance. But uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Not here. I don't need to live. I live the I live the Mariota experience. I don't need to do it again, um, especially because you guys can change the channel at home. Me, I'm sitting in the press box. Watching the full game, there is zero percent chance, zero uh, percent chance that I want to go back to the Marcus Mariota experience after three, almost three seasons of covering Ryan Tannehill. We shouldn't hate on Mariota. I'm not hating on Mariota. I'm just giving you. I'm listen, Josh. This is, and we'll leave it alone after this because this is a pointless conversation. Um, but we're not hating on Mariota. Now, if you know the comment section is being different, the comment section is uh, probably being a little more ruthless than necessary. But I'm not hating on Marcus. I'm simply giving you the facts and the information about a player who is no longer able to play at a, as a starter in the NFL at any kind of level um, at this point. Otherwise, he would be playing elsewhere because it's not like the league uh, could do or I mean, he didn't even get looks at the trade deadline. You know what I'm saying? Like if a team thought he could play, a team would have acquired him and nobody did. And he continues to ride the bench along Nathan Nathan the Peter Man, the Peter Man, um, in the uh, in the Las Vegas Raiders. So you know, uh, again, Godspeed to Marcus Mariota. I wish him all the health and success in the world. I just hope that it never happens uh, that I never have to personally watch it for a football team that I cover again. And that's not even as a fan. I just hated hated watching Marcus Mariota's Titans. They were constipated. They were tough. They were very very difficult. Uh, they struggled to move the ball down the field. Sometimes they would make these miraculous plays that would surprise you, and then they would be maddeningly uh, sluggish and slow, and you know, not competent. So I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to live. <laughs> I don't need to live that way anymore. Nor do you, and you should be grateful for that if you're a Titans fan. Um, so let's wrap things up. Uh, let's wrap things up for the Tennessee Titans tonight. And let's talk about one thing that needs to improve moving forward for Tennessee. Let me know in the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll wrap things up after that. But first, I want to tell you, I want to know what most improve, what most needs to improve um, for the Titans moving forward now that they're coming into an easier stretch, but not an easy stretch. Again, I think the Saints game is going to be 
tougher than people are uh, at this point, at this juncture, giving it credit for. I promise you that the Titans are not overlooking that New Orleans defense. Uh, we'll do that right after I tell you about Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac Mechanical is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac is the best in the business. They will put you in your comfort zone. It was nicer in Nashville when I landed this morning at quarter to nine than it was for two days in L.A. That means that as the temperatures got up this week, that uh, that you want to make sure that if you need to switch on your A.C. for any reason, that it's able to do so seamlessly. Or if it gets cold, as it inevitably will, you can switch over to your heat and have it function at a high level. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. It's where you go for all of your HVAC needs. So what needs to improve the most um, about the Tennessee Titans um, moving forward, um, moving forward for the Titans to have success. Howling Wolf says the O-line needs improvement. They need to get healthy. They absolutely do. Jake Foley says Raiden's is a concern. Um, I, I just think he's, he's a long play, right? He's a second round pick. And I know you don't want to hear it about a second round pick, but he's a long play. That's just the situation that he's at. Dylan Madden says corner and left tackle. Um, wide receiver production. I think that, you know, for, again, life without Derek, that's what it's starting to look like. And we'll see if they can get kind of their sea legs under him. If that last night may be as clunky as it looks. We don't know. We'll uh, we'll see how it develops. But they'll need, they'll need to look – they'll need to play a cleaner game. Now, Tannehill's interception, I know people were – Jumping on his neck about that, but if you go back and watch the play, like I think it's Ashawn Robinson, the defensive lineman for the Rams, right as Tannehill's getting ready to throw that ball, Ashawn Robinson's arm comes right in front of Tannehill's face, and so you see Tannehill try and work the pass around Ashawn Robinson's arm, and it ends up, you know, he can't see down the field, but he lets it go anyway, and uh, and it ends up right in the lap of Jalen Ramsey. It's a good play by the defensive line to disrupt the quarterback. The Titans did some of that themselves um but yeah I think that uh, I think that your your corner situation needs to get healthy I think that your left tackle needs to get healthy and I think your wide receivers um certainly with and we'll talk about AJ here in a second AJ needs to play with more consistency and it's unfortunate that you're saying that in year three but you know he's he's more a plus than he is anything else so you're grateful to have him out there Woodson Brown says why are we supposed to believe anything you're saying? Well, that's the wrong your. It's you, or excuse me, it's Y-O-U, apostrophe, R-E. Why are we supposed to believe anything you're saying about football? You're not an expert. Again, the wrong your. You even say Thursday of last week that you're, a, that you're, okay, three, three, the three times you're going to misuse that word? Man, Woodson. Um, how am I supposed to believe anything that you're saying when you can't even type an intelligible sentence? Um, you even say Thursday of last week that you're a big basketball fan and not much of a football fan. You are switching your expertise. Well, and and that that was the right your. It took it took three wrong yours for you to get to the proper your. Bravo, bravo, Woodson Brown for just a level of incompetence that um, I have yet to see. That's that's really impressive. That is truly impressive what you've been able to accomplish. Now, let me uh, let me also uh, let me talk about what is something that is decidedly less impressive, which um, how uh, how just misinformed of an opinion that is. You are correct in saying that I am a big basketball fan. Basketball is absolutely my favorite sport. Um, I didn't go to a college where football mattered in any kind of a way. I went to Indiana and what Indiana does is basketball. Indiana's or uh, Indiana basketball is the only team that I'm still a fan of in a way that, uh, in a way that, um, you know, still affects me like a sports fan, the way that the Titans do for you guys. Now, uh, how are you supposed to believe anything that you're saying about football? Well, I mean, I can cite my credentials. It sounds kind of douchey for me to cite my credentials for you, but it's been a while, so I can go ahead and flex on them. Uh, I am one of the, uh, I am one of the youngest people to ever cover an NFL team. I started when I was 22. I'm now 28. How many NFL reporters can say that they're six years in when they're not even 30 yet covering an NFL team? Now, I had no business covering an NFL team, and I very much learned that job on the fly. But it stands to, it stands to, uh, it stands to say that I have spent more time as an NFL reporter 
than I did in college at this point, which I think gives me a fair amount of credentials. It gives me a fair amount of rapport. It has, I have a certain institutional knowledge about your football team, certainly in the last six years. And secondly, I do, uh, I do, I host a sports talk radio show. Um, where I talk to NFL players, I talk to NFL coaches, I talk to NFL analysts, and then uh, I do a podcast with Greg Cosell each and every week where we go even further into the X's and O's of football, and we talk about formations, we talk about play calling tendencies, we, we talk about game-changing plays that completely affect what happens with your favorite team. So, Woodson, I don't care whether you specifically, whether you specifically, you are, you are, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, that is the proper one, the way that you could not figure it out three times. I don't care whether you believe me or not because I don't care. I don't have to. It's not my job. If I didn't know anything about the sport that I'm paid to cover, then I wouldn't be paid not by not, not even by one company, but by two different companies who literally pay me for my expertise and my analysis. I don't have to be more of a football fan than I am a basketball fan to talk about the NFL. That's some of the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life, Woodson. So I would invite you to be better. I would invite you to find yourself a Merriam-Webster dictionary or thesaurus or whatever you need to get your grammar right before you come correct next time to the Facebook comments. And I would invite you back to the Facebook comments anytime, Woodson, because you've given us content that I simply cannot replicate without you. Ah, chef's kiss. (laughs) Uh, What needs to improve most? about the Tennessee Titans at this point. Uh, I hope I hope Woodson comes back. That was fun. Uh, Indiana does basketball. Bit of a stretch is Billy. See, that, the, see, Billy gets me. Billy understands. Uh, <laughs> Billy understands what a misery that Indiana basketball is in my life. It's so, so true. Um, anyway, so for the Titans, what most needs to improve is uh, is this. Um, what most needs to improve is the consistency from AJ Brown. I need to see more. I, I can't continue to see drops when when you're when you when your offense needs you the most, right? And listen, Jalen Ramsey played a great game on AJ Brown. And we AJ came to the podium to speak with us last night, and I I had to ask him. I'm like, hey, AJ, how do you kind of you know? Because it's tough when you're out there, and he's the best. I mean, Jalen is. I would argue that Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league. And when Jalen Ramsey's out there doing things that only Jalen Ramsey can do, um, you look at that and you say, all right, you know, sometimes the professional athlete on the other side of the ball gets one over and A.J. Brown's only played Jalen Ramsey one other time in his career. And it kind of went a similar way, again, with Mariota quarterback. So it's a different world. And A.J. did have some critical catches. Now, he was targeted 11 times and only caught five of them. That can't happen um, because some of them were on A.J. But for uh, for the A.J. Brown experience, I asked A.J. last night in postgame, hey, how do you kind of compartmentalize when you have a dude like Jalen who's not just a great player but is chirping at you constantly like that? And uh, this is what A.J. had to say. Awesome. You know, detriment to the team. Um, I don't mind the chirping. I don't mind the chirping, but uh, little things after the play, like the dirty stuff, and I'm not going for it. You know, uh, I'm a man first, and – no, I'm here to play football. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not out here trying to fight nobody, but but uh, but I'm not taking no shit though. So, I mean, as you saw the game, I'm not gonna get into all that. You know, uh, we got the dub, and I'm not about to make it about me and him. You know, if, uh, he knows me. He has my number. If you want to see me, simple. A lot of people, AJ, surprised. That ain't no threat on that. I'm just saying he knows me. So, I mean, if you want to talk to me and get at me, he got my number. Second. So that is uh, that is AJ Brown um, absolutely giving uh, giving Jalen Rand. I thought he was really diplomatic about it. I really did. And he's talking about you know dirty stuff after the play. You saw after the interception that he made at Tannehill. AJ Brown makes the tackle. Jalen Ramsey gets up and kind of puts a shoulder into him unnecessarily. They threw a flag on it. In fact, uh, Jalen Ramsey should have been kicked out of that game. For taunting, uh, for two taunting penalties, and one that they changed weirdly enough. I've never seen um, a play like that where the official just outright changes it after the call has already been made. But the thing that I think needs to improve the most, I need to see consistency from AJ, and he knows that. I mean, nobody holds themselves to a higher standard than AJ Brown does himself. So to that end, I think that AJ, you know, I, I don't doubt the ability of AJ Brown. I don't at all, um, and I I respect the fact that. He uh, that he made the plays that he did, 
against a, a, a Rams defense, a Rams back end that's that's pretty pretty damn good. Um, especially while his quarterback's getting knocked around the way that he did. And Tannehill did get him the ball at times, and AJ uh, AJ had a couple of drops. There's some stuff that needs to improve there. Now, nobody plays a perfect game all the time, and I don't expect that of A.J. Brown, but I do think, oh, man, Justin Fields just had a beautiful pass down the field to Jimmy Graham. Uh, down 20-6. to six. I, Man, I hope, speaking of quarterbacks, I hope that Justin Fields can, <laughs> can get the hell out of Chicago, man. He looks miserable there. Um, but for uh, for A.J., who had 155 yards last week, you can't you can't sleep on him, right? Uh, because he'll he'll kill you that way. And I think that, while while the the plays that he did not make probably frustrate you as fans, uh, AJ Brown is the least of the concerns um, that the Titans have. But there's still room for improvement. AJ knows that. Coaching staff knows that. Everybody knows that. You guys know that. Just as you know, as we've had a great show here tonight. Thank you as always for your participation um, here on the primetime show. We'll be back at it tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time or thereabouts. Uh, it was a fun one. We'll uh, we'll we'll obviously talk about uh, we'll talk about the University of Tennessee. They uh, that was a fun game on Saturday against Kentucky to get them on the right side of 500, and we'll of course get you ready for Saints Week for the uh, for the Tennessee Titans having uh, two home games upcoming at Nissan Stadium, which I'm very grateful for because I'm very tired. <laughs> I I've been on Pacific I've been on Pacific time for two days. We had a we had a fallback in the middle of there. I came back, I, so I I flew back at I flew back from Los Angeles at 1 a.m. Pacific time, so 3 p 3 a.m. Central time. Me and Jim Wyatt and uh, Chris Harris from Channel Four, Teron Davenport, I think, uh, got out. Teron's Teron's flight left at like 11:55 last night, and we were still in press conferences at 11. So I don't know how the hell he made it back, but he did. God bless him. Um, <laughs> so we got so. Got on the plane after, you know, 16-hour day at the stadium. Got on the plane at 1 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I did sleep on the plane from L.A. to Dallas. Uh, the Dallas to Nashville flight, I was working. Uh, landed at quarter to nine. We went and did the radio show. I got I did more hours of radio today than I did of sleeping last night. Three hours of radio to two hours of sleep. And then I went to Mike Grable's press conference at 3 o'clock. And I was disoriented, deeply disoriented. I thought that I was going to pass out in the middle of Mike's press conference. Then I came back and almost slept through primetime. But you know what? We made it. We made it because I've had a little bit of a nap. I'm going right back to bed after this. Bobby French says he's not tired yet. Bobby, uh, I, I've been tired since July, but I'm going to lie to you anyway and say I'm not tired yet. We'll see you.